Hello and welcome to Campaign Comrades, your favorite leftist gaming podcast. We are covering the game Control this week, and our new director, if you will, for this episode is Andrew. <laughs> he is taking up the handgun, the object of power. He has put it to my brain and has blown it all over the carpets and is now taking on the leadership role. What um, great imagery. I, uh, I, you know, I, I wish. Yeah, but first he had to go through them. a little cube puzzle. Yeah, I've been I've been ritualistically <laughs> murdered so that uh, the next of you can take your rightful place at the top of our of our, our intricate yes, I, government uh, bureaucracy. And similar to Jesse, he was completely <laughs> unprepared and unwilling and unknowing of what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like this is the first he's uh, he's learning of this. I, I reluctantly pick up the service rep weapon and uh, accept my role as director of the FBC, the Federal Bureau of Control. You know what it is. We're talking about Remedy Entertainment's 2019 game, Control, was released on, I believe, pretty much all of the consoles at the initial launch. They did have an exclusive deal with Epic. I don't Boost know how you can the, say all of the consoles. That's and fun. I don't think a Nintendo Switch could run this game. It would it would melt it. It would <laughs> okay, melt okay. it would melt the Nintendo Switch. Sorry. The the big boy consoles. How dare um, you? Shots yeah. shots oh. of the service weapon fired. Yeah. Nintendo just like canceled off. Mario got like, shooters too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking up to see if it is on Switch. I don't think it is. No way. It literally would melt it. It, it I, for I sure would melt it. that. No, it I, is, I think it's, nope, it's there. It's, no, it's cloud Hilarious. version. It's, because, it's the cloud version. So there you yeah, go. That doesn't yeah. count. Yeah, yeah, you can only play it My Steam Deck was struggling for a bit too. I, I well, my Steam Deck initially it. tried to render it in 1080p, and it was like a five frames yeah. per second slideshow. <laughs> and my it, my battery monitor was like you were like excessively <laughs> using power. Warning. <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> you're going to turn you're going to turn the steam deck into a new object of power it will be an altered world event yeah exactly the steam deck is now an object of power what do you think what do you think the steam the steam deck we got remedy entertainment quick, quickly uh, what they... do you think the steam decks uh you know its object of power abil ability would be <laughs> mm, that's a good one go invisible hmm just like couch lock, oh, invisible. Yeah, so something something to do with sitting on the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, so you could like play games yeah. anywhere, and like no one could see you. <laughs> I mean, when you're a degenerate gamer, I like the couch like, lock idea too. You just if you're a degenerate gamer, people are just ignoring you to begin with. So you're already invisible if you go outside. <laughs> you, you, you get this repulsive smell aura that yeah. just you know permeates you and enemies can't get in <laughs> like <take 10. laughs> yeah. it, it is funny because brown. when i use my steam deck in the break room at work people usually like sit on the opposite side of the break room yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know but when they i use it, it. My it's, cube, it's, it's, it's peak it's peak anti-social behavior we love it <laughs> yeah that's even even more anti-social than aggressively like scrolling your phone You're just like no no i'm gaming. i'm gaming this is he's this is serious yeah yeah plugged into the matrix i wish so 
So Remedy Entertainment founded in 1995. They're a Finnish game developer. We love the Finns. They've you know, developed titles. We do love the Finns. They they make great art. I I will always and good, enjoy and, and good smoked or or pickled fish. And just like architecture and furniture. Yeah. Hey, I saw. I I think I sent it to you guys, and if I didn't, <laughs> don't, I'll find don't give it. them too much credit. They have a drying rack that is your cabinet above the sink, so no fucking dish that's, drying. That's rack basically what I have. That's basically what I have. But that's yeah, because but I don't it's have. Just like because enclosed. I don't have cupboards. Over exactly, but it's enclosed in the finished one. It's based. I love it. New York needs to adopt it because there's no dishwashers there. <laughs> so so you hear, heard it here first. Uh, we are all. Finish build officially, uh, <laughs> except for on the architecture part. I'm still not with you there. Fine, fine. Just the the sink drying <laughs> rack thing that I very much enjoyed. The efficiency and modularity yes. that they there bring to design. There you go. I think you're thinking of the Swedes there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're the same. It's the same. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's all, all the same. same. <laughs> they all have breakfast cake that has. Shrimp, they're all mayo a- on front of the Arctic Circle and like eggs. So, like, they're all this <laughs> episode is off to a rousing start, folks. We're insulting so many different cultures. It's fine, they're all white cultures, so it's good. <laughs> it's yeah. allowed. So, yeah, the Finns, uh, they they founded Remedy Entertainment 1995. This is their third game. They right? released their yeah. first game yeah, for the no, Max, Max Payne, was, was one of their. That was their like claim to fame, because then, yeah, this is their fourth. <laughs> their fourth. They got the two Max Paynes and then Alan Wake. Yeah. Actually, it's the fifth. Yeah. They had two Max Paynes. They did Alan Wake, and then they did Quantum Break. And then after Quantum Break was when they began Control. Uh, Remedy went public in 2016, and that was when they began the development cycle of Control. They really wanted to target a more efficient development process and they were able to complete control in just about three years with it releasing in 2019. Can we talk about that really can we talk and about that, that really was quick? A significant is, the, is that they event. they you know had yeah, previously absolutely. uh had like an exclusive publishing deal with Microsoft. And I just I I yes the hater in me just loved to see that bit of information that you know being a part even though they weren't they like, shed you know, the a, shackles a, of their oppressor their corporate oppressors yeah it's like they weren't like you know technically like a first party studio it was like just a, you know an exclusive deal but like they talk about how you know having that that control that control looming over them uh, you know really <laughs> really affected their ability to put out quality content oh, weird all of a sudden all the metaphors and control make a little more sense is that you know it took you as you just said it <laughs> took them three years as opposed to like five or seven and five for for alan wake and quantum break but yeah. also like under 30 million dollars which is pretty nuts for a triple a game and you know and this all so basically it's like they were more efficient both in time spent hours you know no crunch uh, and you know, money spent uh, by simply you know being independent. Are they? They also uh, put a, they also put out a free update patch oh, so for the so. next gen consoles. Uh, um, you know, just you know, free of charge to anyone who had the PS4 or the Xbox One version. 
and it was notably one of the better looking uh ps5 or xbox series uh gen games at that point wasn't it the first to like use the ray tracing it was was pioneering in ray tracing yeah it was one of the first ray tracing games that actually played at a uh, playable frame rate when you turned on ray tracing. I just like pissed off all the people who were like, ray tracing is fine at 18 frames per second. (laughs) It was, uh, yeah, it was the first major title, at least according to Wikipedia, the first major title with nearly full implementation of uh all available nvidia rtx which is why the steam deck hates it the steam deck is amd is that right all pretty much all of the handhelds Handhelds are AMD proprietary amd partnerships yeah yeah. well because amd also does the chipsets for the consoles so yeah it allows for an easier development for a one-to-one console to handheld And yeah, Ben, you make a great point about the, not only could I not find anything related to them having to uh, crunch or, you know, abuse their workers more than most, uh, you know, sta- the, da- the standard daily abuse the standard. that you yeah. endure. I mean, they're finished, so yeah, they, they but, obviously um, had their two o'clock smoke, smoke fish <laughs> break. <laughs> yeah, some, some nice smoked fish and crackers got them through the process and i was i was really impressed by the budget on this game 30 million dollars is a really you know this isn't that long ago and comparing to the other major titles we see released nowadays that's like 200 million a quarter of the budgets that we're seeing now yeah it's it's it is a really efficient cost and they made a ton of money they sold over 3 million copies as of uh 2022 and that resulted in over 90 million of revenue. So you can do the math. That's a, a pretty significant margin <laughs> comparing to their costs. Yeah, but it could have been 95 if they had added um, <laughs> yeah. microtransactions. <laughs> like, what yeah, if I could? If they sold some. Uh, what if I could pay to unlock new objects of power? Boom. Or just pay for some new clothes for Jesse. Yeah, exactly. Which is actually an interesting uh, um, thing that you bring up there, Mike. I was doing some research, and I apparently when they made the Ultimate Edition, which is the version that was released for the PS5 yep. and new consoles, they removed outfits that Jesse had, and they also removed a fun little uh, Easter egg, which is a side quest that has the one and only uh, nude scene and now i'm gonna forget his <laughs> no not nude scene uh hideo kojima plays a minor role and has Ooh. a you enter into what do they do yeah, they have do they have the kojima and, soul stealing device as an object of power they don't he's purely <laughs> that would be awesome Fuck, that's that is a missed opportunity um, imagine if it was but real. they pulled it from the right imagine probably is uh, it is it is actually the first object of power is hideo kojima soul stealing device 
but in the game, he is a doctor. He voices, you don't see him. It's just a voiceover and he guides you through this meditation that I actually watched the scene and uh, it's all about love and he sets you on this beach. It's a meditation and then there's trees and the trees love each other and you're supposed to love the trees, but a bulldozer comes along and you have to stop the bulldozer and Did Avatar? save the trees. And it's, it's very mm. Kojima. Fern and uh, I thought that was, I was, yeah, Fern Gully, exactly. I was sad that we didn't get to experience that. And I believe we all probably played the ultimate yeah. edition. Mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't have expected you to try the initial. The, the thing about the outfits was weird because, uh, like, you know, that tab was always there and, like, you don't, like, unlock. I think in the course of my playthrough, I unlocked, like, two other outfits. One at I the think very that's all that there is. The one, there's others. one that I met. There's, oh, no, yeah. I guess I unlocked three. There, but I think I had seen that there's another one um, that I, like, I saw online and never came across. Maybe it was part of the DLC that I didn't play. But like you unlock like a director, like full on suit. You mm-hmm. unlock the a janitor's outfit and a and the yep. uh subject P7, like the sweats. Sweatsuit. Um those those are the ones. Yeah, those are the only ones you I know unlocked. when I got it, I was immediately rocking the, the janitor outfit. I mean the janitor is the most Finnish uh, representation in the game. Yes, I want Ati. to talk about. I want to the, talk the legend. about Ati at some point. Absolutely, that is that is on on my list. So, let's just dive in. Um, I did want to call out the publisher is the Italian student or Italian publisher Five Hundred Five Games, nice. and their uh, first Italian. success is Cooking Mama. So you know, that's who we're dealing with here in terms of publisher and they have committed to funding the sec the sequel control two which i don't know if it has a timeline yet but they are working on it and they have a 50 million dollar like, budget hell, hell how long control did it how long did it take so. for them to put out fucking alan wake 2 that's coming out in like a month which which is another thing i want to go back to the whole microsoft thing yes yeah, they they were never going to let them put out alan wake 2 uh you know everybody was clamoring for give us a sequel to alan wake and and Microsoft was like, nah, fuck that. And then it, you know, took them going independent again to to be able to put out a sequel. So I mean, the the Alan Wake turnaround then is only about three, four years from them going independent when they had the opportunity to pub, you know, release at Alan least, Wake. At too. least from when when this was published, yeah, it's about four years. Yeah. Well yeah, right. exactly. This was, was two thousand nineteen, so yeah. So, I mean, you know, think of them having finished control and then they go into Alan Wake. I'm sure, you know, they're, they're a small studio. I'm sure they're they're not running two different games, you know, development, full steam. From my uh, understanding of Alan time. Wake, too, is like they had a lot of stuff just like kicking around and like tried to do stuff for quite a while but like it never really went anywhere and you could all you could all count that shit as like pre-production right which games run that kind of or game studios run that kind of stuff going in the background all the time um but in terms of like concerted full-on production yeah we're probably talking three or less years because they were still they came out you know control came out in 2019 they were still 
putting out DLC for it. They're doing obviously the ultimate edition and, and all that stuff. So full on exclusively working on Alan Wake. Yeah. Like probably like three years max. So not a bad turnaround necessarily. And hope that, uh, you know, we could see control in the next few years. Control two. Yeah, I would love to. I will. I will definitely be returning to the uh, the. As much as the I, as I'm, much I'm as the fully... game made me feel very bad while playing it, I would probably play a sequel too. All right, so, so that's some of the background on uh, the dev, the publisher, the development cycle. We could kind of jump to uh, the game itself. So, quick synopsis of our storyline: we have our protagonist, the wonderful Jesse Hayden. She shows up to a very uh, formidable-looking building, which I do want to talk about some of the setting and game design, but we'll get to that. And that is the Federal Bureau of Control. She's greeted by the previously mentioned Ati and essentially immediately thrown into her new role as director of the Bureau when she picks up the former director's service weapon. You, you gloss over the there, fact that it's picking up the pistol held in the hand of a man who looks like he just killed himself. And then and then immediately has to pass a, a, a rush yeah. roulette. Of her own, that that's how they decide. The that's how the, the <laughs> enigmatic board decides if she's worthy or not. Because it just goes through the sequence where she's got the pistol pointed at her head. I do love that they refer to it as the service weapon. It just makes yeah. things like, yeah, what is the cure to male mm-hmm. loneliness? Grabbing an officer's service weapon. More more people <laughs> shouldn't be doing that. It'll cure you of all your ills. Nice. I'm closer and closer every day. It'll by it'll surely put an end to all your woes and misfortunes in one way or another. <laughs> that, yes, fairly quickly as well. So she shows up, she becomes the director. She learns that uh the board is trying to stop an invasion from the this extra-dimensional entity. Jesse lovingly uh, calls the hiss because that's kind of the sound and noise they make, which uh, is very unsettling, particularly at the beginning uh, of the game, in my opinion. The naming convention was a little on the nose for me. Yeah, the name. Some of the characters in the game kind of make fun of her for it, too. I I agree. It is like toddler level naming. It's like, (laughs) what do you want to name this dog? Bark. No. Roof. Roof. All right. So uh, Jesse continues to kind of hunt down the hiss, and she goes through these Metrovania-style puzzles of the layout of the building as the building is constantly changing, kind of Harry Potter-esque with moving uh, stairwells. But in this case, like the rooms essentially all transform and move, and that adds to the puzzling nature of the gameplay. So from there, she we find out that Jesse's at the bureau looking for her long-lost brother, Dylan. Uh, they experienced a paranatural event as children that resulted in all of their adults in their town uh, 
randomly disappearing. Lovingly named Ord captures her brother. The town of ordinary. Ordinary. Not so yes. not, ordinary, not so ordinary anymore. I would love to see the original Finnish and like what the you know the translations of those words are, the direct translations rather than what they uh I think know, that I think they're intentionary. They're, you know, they're they're intent or intentional. Yeah. Like the, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, no, I don't doubt it. Sort of developing this in fin in, in Finnish and then translating it from there. That's fair. That's fair. But I would love to hear just hear the Finnish words. I don't, not that there isn't a, it, not that there That's definitely right. isn't the a world, Finnish localization. The world but develops like, in my language. But like, let's let's be let's be real though. Let's let's be real though. Sure. Like, while there is definitely a Finnish localization, there's no way that like that is their primary market. No, you're you're definitely right. So, Jesse continues on her quest to find her brother, who the bureau has taken, and she is going through the bureau. She finds these objects of power, objects of power, which, like the service weapons, seem to be ordinary things that have been imbued with, or imbi- I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, have these paranormal impacts and give Jesse. Uh, essentially, what's Jedi powers? Better Jedi and those powers. Those get unlocked throughout order. the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and we will definitely be discussing the powers. Um, from there, you continue on this progression, unlocking powers, new abilities for the service weapon, which allows you to change how it functions. You have versions that act like a shotgun, a pistol, an automatic rifle, a sniper. So on. And so I still forth. ended up using the basic pi- pistol From configuration there, the most. I don't know. The shotgun's pretty fun. Oh yeah, shotgun yeah. like like had some some utility for me, but like it ended up being the main pistol variant, and then you had a couple of like the the more heavily powered ones. There's like a charge function and like uh, fuck, I forget the other name of it. Um, Pierce, Pierce. And charge. I guess I think were the two. Yeah, it's like one like shoots these yeah. like basically like explosive rounds and another one is just like armor penetrating rounds um, i'd also I like to shout use out those again the fact the that they didn't make me care about ammo mm. uh, a, a beautiful yes. game design moment so that i didn't have to hoard like check every drawer in this office building for for little bits of ammo and feel uh punished for being shite at aiming yeah, I mean that I only like that in like stealth games where it's like, you know, you're not meant to, to be shooting. You're not meant to be rooting and tooting and shooting, you know, the whole time. That's Whereas in this, to... it's just like unload, try to, you know survive uh, until it's survive until it regenerates and then yeah. keep on keep on uh spraying and praying. I mean the, the trick Jedi is to not power run out of ammo. Space. Always always end on one bullet so you regen yeah. faster. That is that is a good a good tip and for uh, people. Another good tip for people: if you're playing on Steam Deck, turn on gyro aiming. Is that like no, using never. literal tilt controls? Oh. So you you use the stick and gyro combined, so you can get the stick like eighty percent of the way to the head, and then just use the the last little bit of like wrist flick to get the the rest of the aiming. My aim improved like well over fifty percent. Oh, oh that, that, that actually reminded me. Gyro is like on by default on the PS5 version. Yeah, 
I do remember that. I do actually remember. Oh, shit. I, I, do I actually, didn't even yeah, realize that. Like, I was like halfway through the game to realize that that that, that was happening. It's one of the things that uh, like Breath of the Wild does really well and like Tears of the Kingdom is the the aiming with both the stick and the gyro simultaneously. And once you once you get used to being able to do both in your brain, it becomes second nature. See, I used to like when I started out gaming, I would very much like move the controller or the Game Boy to kind of yeah. want gyro. Now I hate but it. But I, I trained that aspect okay. out oh, of yep. myself yep. so much that I can't do it Same. anymore. Like it, it's it's, it's I many, can't it's too many multi-dimensional. You, you, you feel shame. Yeah. Well, because you I would get made fun of probably by you guys at yeah. some point, but like other friends like you know, you're like really into it and you're like moving the controller and shit. And it's like, bro, the, you know, the controller doesn't move the game like that. It's so funny because like the, the PS3 controller had a gyro in it. Well, I was, I had Xboxes, you know, we're playing on the Xboxes never cared about gyro. I think it's pronounced hero. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Been to Europe right. once. <laughs> uh, all right. So getting back to the plot, we'll we'll kind of jump through uh, the rest of this quickly. So it's kind of how the gameplay works. You're looking for these objects of power. You're unlocking additional areas of the map. You're tracking down Dylan. Jesse finally finds the her long lost brother turns out that he's been infected by the hiss as well as the prior director director trench who brought the hiss into the bureau from the get-go and jesse has to go on a quest to kill the uh hiss as best as she can what she thinks is polaris controlling her or the hiss is unclear it's this paranormal entity that talks to Jesse throughout the game. And ultimately, what happens is she goes through a really cool maze section, which I do want to talk about if if you all have gotten I don't think that. They, I don't think the two of them the have the that's, game. That was like the coolest and, section of the game by far. It's because the it's the the finish the Yeah, the, the, the Astrium yeah, maze the, as the finished tango bit. Because like in order to get through this maze into like interdimensional research. Yeah, Ati gives you his his Walkman. It's like you need to like be listening to this thing to be able to focus your mind to go through. So she's listening to a a song, and it's like got one of the best bits of scoring that the that that the game has, and it's just like got a really fun pace to it as you're going through this like kaleidoscopically shifting. Um, it, it's very much looks like the. I forget what the the area looks like or what it, what it was uh what it, if it had a name in um Twin Peaks like the if any of you have ever watched Twin Peaks yes the red, the red room, room. Yes, it's it has very much that kind of it's decor um and it's like kind of like a 1920s kind of art deco kind of style um these like checkered floors and stuff like that but it's got that kind of aesthetic to it and but it's like sh- shifting because again, it's the it's the gateway to like the interdimensional research thing. So 
it's playing with the with the dimensions of this space and you're killing a bunch of it's like killing a shit ton of enemies and making your way through and it's like it's one of the better the better uh kind of levels of the game in my opinion yeah it's it's widely regarded as the best level of the game and one of the best recent levels of gaming in general and Ben, I, the song is a good thing to call out. It was actually, it's called, uh, it was written by Poets of the Fall, which is a Finnish band, and it's called Take, Con- Take Control. Yeah. Control. Uh, and it, it's also an allusion to Alan Wake, and they use that song. This is the song for the Ashtray Maze. And Remedy actually worked with them directly to make the song dynamically uh you know coalesce with the game in that section as you progress through the maze so the song builds as you get further and further along and the sound and design of that section is really fantastic i think it's it's worth getting to if if you've not done so because um, it's really a, a fun a fun it's game one of the, it's one of the it's one of the most so anyways jesse gets there and levels that you will get um you know that's that's truly on its kind of own part like there is the the weird kind of underground fungus area um that is kind of its own self-contained level yep Um, and the levels where you like get the upgrades to the i mean all the other ones it's like they're they are technically levels and they're actually even kind of um you know they are direct they're levels in the building you know it's like you go to level one two three four to the different the different sectors yeah. it's like you take the fucking <laughs> elevator to go here but like they don't have this they don't have this distinct feeling of a level they're just fucking core different corridors it's a bit of a maze andrew kind of described it correctly as like this kind of metroidvania um interlocking pathways whereas in most specifically this interdimensional one it's a discrete level you can only enter from one way and it's uh it like is tied to a specific point it's like the one like linear level um in the game that you can't access at any other time that you can't um go back to once you're done it's like it's has its one discrete placement in the in the flow of the game which everything else does not it's so yeah i was talking about free flowing and i don't know if you could go back to them but when you would get like transported and you would oh the astral the astral so the plane yeah. elements yeah the, the astral, cube world yeah, yeah. The, it's the astral that's the astral yeah. plane and i yeah I, those are yeah you could call them levels but those are so short they're like this yeah, little... yeah no that but i was saying like you know that is one where they they bring you out and it's literally the same uh you know we talked about it being better jedi powers than um fallen order literally like both metroidvanias both have the same way of like unlocking the new powers that you like, you know, in uh fallen order, you go to like memories with your master and you learn the new powers and like a level there. Whereas here you go to Picasso's cube world um, and, and, you know, like learn your, your better Jedi powers and get a <laughs> opportunity to, to train with them. Um, you know, it just really is disappointing how shitty the Jedi games were. All right, Andrew. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, no, no worries. So, getting to the end, she she finds Dylan. He's 
part of the hiss there's a battle with the uh the head of the hiss I, not really the head of the hiss I, I don't remember exactly no the the ending was like in both in terms of plot and gameplay was really kind of uh a letdown because it's like you're going through these kind of waves of enemies but i think they're weaker i think they are they like go down in much fewer shots if i remember correctly it's been a little bit since i actually played the game i played it like a, a month or so ago um but it's like i found it like really easy like there there were some challenging elements of the of of combat in in some of these uh kind of climaxes most most boss fights come at the end of side quests not actual main story quests there are a few there are a few that are tied to the main story but like there is no final boss you fight these just like as you progress to these like little islands correct yeah you're going through just a you're just going through a shit ton of enemies and they like they're all like you you can like one shot them all and they uh Oh, that's what it was because it's like yeah if you try to shoot them all they don't uh they don't go down and maybe it was just because i had i had over leveled my throw ability but like i was one-shotting every enemy as i'm progressing through that i found that like that bit super easy and then there there is no final boss it's just you get to dylan yeah i i yeah i i agree you get to dylan and it's definitely easier in terms of compared to like other portions of the game, it did not feel like um, as strong a climax as we've seen with other titles, but uh, the game ends with Jesse, uh, you know, stopping the hiss from fully entering the FBC. And in the process, Dylan, unfortunately enters into a coma and then Jesse you know, prevents the hiss from escaping and fully accepts and steps into her role as the director of the FBC. And that's the ending of the full original game. Uh, they did release those two DLCs. One of them is called, called AWE and is effectively just an Alan Wake crossover that gives additional details as to how those universes are interconnected but there's really no um, additional plot-driven storyline with that DLC. The other is the foundation, which does continue from the end of the game and has Jesse exploring the foundation of the building to stop someone, it's unclear who, from destroying the nail, which allows the Bureau to access other dimensions. And in the end of that DLC, Jesse learns that the board is, you know, obviously not great and decides that, fuck the board, I'll let them think they're in control, but I'm taking over the, the FBC and I'm going to run it how the I FBC want. FBC won't and let so that's kind of the real conclusion of the game. Eminem just keeps popping <laughs> in my head every time you say FBC. There you go. The, the FBC. <clears throat> uh, so that's kind of the conclusion of the story of Control up to this point. I assume Control 2 will kind of leap off from there. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's really our, our storyline. And unless I missed anything from your perspectives, we can kind of move to talking about the game design, gameplay, things like that, which I think is where Control really, really shines, in, in my opinion. 
Yeah, it it definitely is its um its strongest running uh it's the it's the strongest point that runs throughout the whole game is its gameplay is its is its uh consistent strength um i i found the story to be uh while unsettling to be uh engaging and it's like it poses poses these interesting questions um that like i you know i i want to get the answers to so it's pushing me forward to you know move through the the very bad vibes that it it uh kind of made me feel throughout um but then i it ultimately left me feeling unsatisfied at the end in terms of its narrative i feel like it 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 relied too much on the oh we're we're making a game in the the new weird style that like poses more questions than it answers and like while i'm okay with leaving a certain level of mystery or even ending on a cliffhanger or if it serves the narrative, I'm fine for that. But like, I just feel like there were way too many threads left hanging and rat and those that weren't were wrapped in a kind of like going along with the, that kind of underwhelming final, final run that, you know, with no final boss or something like that. I just, I felt the story, ended in this in this unsatisfying way where like i was just left with a lot of questions but like not in terms of like one of the biggest ones that like it didn't make sense to me is like you know what the fuck he's a character you didn't mention but he's like one that plays a strong role throughout the game and its world building but is like one of like the executive leaders the the head of research dr casper darling he like you inter- you engage with him through these real world live action um, recordings that you like will come across in the different levels, and he's explaining different things about the world. But it's clear he was like he is a driving point of the plot as well. It's like kind of confusing to you can kind of overlook it and miss it, but it's like he and the former director Trench are like directly responsible for introducing the hiss into into our dimension and they're coping did he create the hra machine yeah as well yes and it's like he like discovered the what he called what he dubbed hedron which is this polaris entity which it's like we we don't that was another kind of overarching as different aspects of questions i wish i I could have gotten better answers on it's like what are these extra dimensional entities you've got polaris you've got the hiss itself but then the one that that bothered me the most was like, what the fuck is the board? Um, you know, it's like I w- apparently you get more information in that DLC, but that's something I don't like. It's like if you're gonna give information and stuff, like to hide that behind a paid DLC is something I don't like. Um, it's like uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't be tying story stuff, central story stuff, to uh, add-ons, right? It should be part of the main the main focus um but so it's like what the fuck are these are these entities where do they come from what are their goals it's it's they're just put out there as these like kind of weird things that have these these goals and these uh a will of their own but we're just content to leave it at that and not explore it further yeah i ben i i completely agree that that's 
the biggest weakness of this game is there are so many questions that it just doesn't answer and doesn't you know there's there's a lot of lore throughout that is in you know audio logs and notes that you can find almost too many you know meant there's a lot in every room you're in too oh absolutely it's too many it's too many too many when it's but yeah there's just a lot of unanswered questions and it and it makes it too many creepy puppet videos right and and it makes it feel like an incomplete narrative (laughs) oh you're not a fan of the The, the kids threshold kids yeah very creepy i was i was a fan um i but i kind of i got got too far away from myself but one of my Um, things again was like i started off was like casper darling is missing and we don't know where he is we don't know that if he's alive or dead um he's completely yep. he's completely uh gone i would get i would assume that he's probably in some like other dimension kind of like alan wake style um but uh it's like that's one of these threads that's just left completely blank it's just like what the fuck happened to him we have no idea it's just completely and I think, forgotten and waved away and i think you make a good point about the like extra lore in the dlc and i think um you know there's a big difference of putting uh you know tying stories together in a dlc compared to a sequel like you know if if some of this stuff was going to be explored in the sequel that's much different than you know forcing people to pay for something that they already bought that's just going to add like a few story things as opposed to a whole new game um and you know i just that trend in general is kind of annoying to have the the DLC rather than a, a, a complete sequel game um, or just a complete first game that has all of the uh, the lore, the content, the story, gameplay, etc. Yeah, and I think what, you know, what we're talking about is give us something that has a full narrative. You know, don't don't separate what is the complete story by via DLC. Like if if they just had wrapped up, up some of the main storylines neatly i wouldn't even say it has to the, be neat base I, game i, would say I think that it doesn't have to be neat it doesn't have to be neat but it has to be there but some of these things because that that does get away from you know what is the appeal of this kind of this genre of fiction because that's another thing to point out is like that and it, it makes sense knowing remedies other uh you know their other catalog is these guys are obviously very inspired by uh literature that uh new weird is a is a is mm-hmm. a literary genre and so obviously you know alan wake he's an author he's an author that is you know i'm creating, alan wake and creating, i'm a writer creating reality via his fiction right so so literary fiction is a big inspiration for them yep. And a big part of that genre is to not answer everything up. Nothing gets tied up in a neat little bow. But like there are just it, it didn't feel like that there that even like the leaving questions unanswered, it feels like that it felt like they just they fell off, hashtag they fell off rather than being really highlighted <laughs> and, and held up to the light and being like, what the fuck is this? What is going on? We don't know stay tuned type of thing or because they don't don't, like that these are these are just fundamental questions that can't be answered they literally just like oh we forgot about them yeah and i think that you know you don't have to have a neat uh 
you know, tie into all the stories, but you have to give us all of the facts so that we could, or, you know, like all of the, the, the lore there so that we could, you know, come up with the answers to these questions ourselves. Like, you know, uh, like you said, they're just like giving you this thread that you think is, you know, darling seems to be at the beginning of a game. You know, you're talking about them a lot. There's, you know, a lot about the HRA device that you're learning about. You're going to his lab, et cetera, et cetera. And like you said, it's just, you know, th there's nothing else about Darling. There's nothing, you know, leading us in the main, uh, you know, the main storyline to even come up with the fact that, oh, you know, maybe he is in another dimension. You know, maybe he's, you know, died by X, Y, and Z, you know, whatever. There, there's no clues there. It's just like a forgotten thread, um, you know, that, you know, late in development, they're like, oh shit, we we forgot to uh, to really uh, flesh this out. So fuck it, we'll we'll do it later, type thing. Yeah, no, that's that's I think completely fair. Um, and Ben, you did mention Twin Peaks earlier, and I just found this state this quick little one liner that I thought does kind of sum up the game pretty well. And it's that, you know, playing control is like watching X-Files directed by David Lynch, where Dana Scully's a Jedi. <laughs> and, and I think that's like a pretty yeah, good perfect. encompassing yeah, of like what this game is. Absolutely. No, that's, that is that is 100% accurate. Like the, yeah, that's perfect. It, I want to believe. Yeah, it, it, I, I read it. Yeah, it is. It's perfect. It, it really was a great little just line on, of what this game is. And um, in a Lynchian way, it does ask a lot of questions that it just never comes close mm -hmm. to answering. Uh, so I, I, I personally do really like that. The other thing that I thought was interesting um, in terms of their their inspiration um, is one is this thing called the SCP mm, Foundation. Yes. Yep. Uh, which I'm not sure if any of you are familiar, familiar, but the SCP is stands for Secure, Contain, and Protect, and it was something that started on 4chan <laughs> back in uh, 2005. It's all just like so, fake creatures. And fun like, little tie-in to... So it's like cryptozoology shit? Yeah. It could be cryptozoology. There's a, one of them um, that my favorite, it's an Ikea. Um it's an Ikea that once you enter, you oh, can't I'm, leave. I'm seeing this here. Yeah. SCP-3008 <laughs> is an Ikea store with an interior that contains a seemingly infinite labyrinthine pocket dimension. Prospective customers trapped within the endless building have formed rudimentary civilizations and must defend themselves against hostile creatures known as, you know, some other designation, which are tall, yeah. faceless humanoids wearing Ikea employee uniforms that become violently aggressive towards all nearby human when the lights are turned <laughs> off. Wasn't I've there like a game? Wasn't there like yeah. a game about that? Yeah, someone yeah, made a game off that and then they had to take it down. Yeah. It's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. There's there's a whole bunch of different ones. It's actually pretty interesting. I mean, all of it coming from 4chan makes it interesting. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And and another interesting thing about it is like S the SCP stuff is always regarded as like having a really cool setting and idea, but the actual narratives of them are usually fairly lacking. Oh, so okay. I think, I think that's yeah. another fun little uh 
you know, similarity here between control and some of its it's all just like creepy pasta stuff is right, basically right. the best way to yeah exactly but i do i do want to give the game some flowers here uh and, and that's around the the gameplay loop and the the setting itself I, you know i no. don't i don't think i have played a game that that does <laughs> that does the environmental destruction so well uh the way you can interact with almost everything using jesse's powers and how it destroys the environment when you're doing it is is really top notch in my opinion i i don't think i've played a game that does any of that nearly as well as control i've worked in office buildings that like have similar layouts and look kind of like that it's too close to like been through maintenance areas that kind of have that like that same maintenance area <laughs> vibe. I'm I'm good on tra- traversing that in an actual setting where things are jumping out on me and not just the ones in my head that I have convinced myself in reality will jump out at me when I flip the light switch on. Oh damn! I I don't I don't I don't mean to completely <laughs> backtrack, but I, the one other thing that like that I wanted to bring up that we we mentioned that I think falls under these uh, things that are not fully fleshed out, but it's maybe one of the better ones, but it's the character of Ati. It's like, what the fuck is yes. Ati? Um, a Finnish man? It's like, he's clearly <laughs> not just a weird Finnish janitor. Um, that he is some side Have of, you ever met of, a Finnish man who isn't like Ati? Uh, yeah, you, 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 ha- you have a fair <laughs> point there. But it's like that he clearly has, I mean, he's he's the only one who's like immune to the hiss. He doesn't wear one of the Hedron uh protection device things and you know is totally unaffected by them but it's just clear that he's he is like some other entity and and i do have a theory um that because i I it it gave me enough it gave it gave me enough to think about what uh what he is that i'm i'm more forgiving on not really answer like them giving a firm answer on that i think that was maybe one of the more well done mysteries Mm -hmm. But if you'll if you'll humor me for a second, is that I think he is like a manifestation of the oldest house itself, and that he is the he knows more about the like that mm. you got multiple executives talking about that nobody knows more about the oldest house than Ati. Um, he has like you know more control over what's going on here than almost anybody else, and it's I like the bit where it's like he everybody recognizes immediately that Jesse is the new director. I think he does as well, even though he keeps referring to her as a subordinate, um, because I think it still fits in. Is that like mm-hmm. she, while being kind of subservient to the board, um, is also basically serves the oldest house itself, and is like that she mm-hmm. is as his assistant, and you know he's kind of like uh, grooming her for the the position as well, grooming not in the bad way, um, you know, uh, is like. Woo, woo. Like yeah, doing her is like basically like training her and say like yeah, you'll do it. You'll be a good janitor's assistant. Is like that's kind of what the bureau itself is. Is their janitors cleaning up all these all the the trash of this altered world event shit. And he's like, uh, yeah, he he kind of exists above and beyond the the hierarchy of the the oldest house or like of the the bureau itself. And so like that, in a way, she does work for him. So it, it, that's that's my that's my whole theory. 
I, th- I think that's probably spot on. Um, he does, he does initially, the, he's the first person Jesse interacts with upon entering the bureau. He's the and one he, that lets her in. He's the uh, one that lets her she's in. She's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He lets her in and says, you know, you're here to interview to be my apprentice, right? And and so I think that is um, probably spot on, Ben. I would agree with you. He he does seem to be some sort of manifestation of, of the oldest house or something related to it at the very least. But he's he's probably my favorite character. I don't I don't know if you guys had a particular favorite. I think the characters are also some of the weaker portions. You just don't get much from anyone outside of Jesse in terms of and even hers is limited in terms of development and backstory. What do you mean? Emily is a great uh, expositor of narrative. Emily Pope, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are yeah. some characters, some of like the different um not the directors, but the executives that like you get some interesting like conversations and quips from them, but no, like, you know, like we said, no backstory. Um, but I think, yeah, they, they ultimately are questions. Yeah, and, and I think that they did a decent job of writing them as quest givers. Cause like I said, there's like some funny little quips and, you know, making fun of Jesse for, you know, calling it the hiss and things like that, that were okay. Uh, but it really seems to be, you know, they want you to focus on Jesse. Uh, you know, they want you to focus on like who the the bureau is, things like that. Like those are the questions that they're they're worried about. Um, even, you know, like we keep going back to even throwing Darling out the window or even, you know, explaining fully what Ati is. Um, you know, it's Jesse is like the their main concern, um, you know, character wise. So I think that is probably a lot we've talked about around the plot and game. I, I would love to hear uh, kind of what you guys liked most in terms of gameplay, how you handled the hiss, um, favorite powers. I think we kind of touched on favorite service weapon mods, but would love to kind of hear what you guys thought about that. And I can open it up. I think from my perspective, the the powers are all obviously way better than the Jedi games as we've discussed, but for me it was the throw ability. I don't I don't think anything uh, is gonna beat throw. It's I, it's incredibly one, strong. No. And it's like in terms of both how how tactile it feels, like and so how it how it how it you know feels to use it but also it's yes. effectiveness in the game it's the strongest ability by far yeah i i think i dumped most well, I of my out, I fully ability points throw. into it i was doing so much damage yeah. and it just becomes yeah, a one shot so machine much damage with throw and it's in the the tact the tactile feel of it is great it pulls you know whatever you're throwing t- comes towards you it accelerates it slows down and then you throw it and it's it's really it's, it's got a good sound to design to it as yeah. well. mix that in the combat to it as well yep um i found myself really liking levitate and i i would put, yes. i would occasionally throw in a mod that like would increase your damage while levitating um so that was that was fun um shield was like okay 
Yeah, I never really used like, the shield. I, I didn't like end up getting it upgraded enough to be able to like. There were things where it's like you can. First, it's like I, what maybe what I got is like that I can you can it it increases reload speed while you're while you're using a shield and it, it, the shield becomes good of when you particularly upgrade the thing is that when you release it it throws shit at the at the enemy in front of you so that yes. made it more useful but there i never unlocked one there's like i think one later on where it allows you to hold up a shield and shoot at the same time and i never got got to that yeah i, I didn't use shield very frequently but for me to call out a power that hasn't been mentioned yet is dodge highly highly useful yeah particularly yes the dodge well, once, before once i unlocked unlock. that the combat became a lot more fluid for me you die a lot less a lot uh, less just finding an area that i could sit behind and uh, pick away at things yeah um yeah but if that that is highly useful before uh, particularly before you unlock levitate um the mind control one was like okay takes a little too long it it yeah, used it in like one boss fight taking over the right? yeah it does it does take some time i i definitely fell into a game loop of throw 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 shoot 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 throw yeah. throw throw and like and dudes with that dudes with was... shield generally enough to yeah, get me through like anything. shields or the barriers it's like throw to to deplete the shield and then headshot bang bang and that's that was the the main I didn't realize we were on o block <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no i i found the gameplay very satisfying um with like one exception of the i i really hated the the uh the fungus level yep i kept dying so often to yep. their fucking projectile things uh that was not fun so i made sure to get to uh to clear that as soon as possible it's got one of the tougher bosses uh at the end of that quest line um so that but like yeah that kind of sucked i i did like how in the game does from the game design i like that you it encouraged you to do more side quests and i found the side quests to be pretty good because like i mentioned earlier many of the bosses in the game come from side quests you have a few you have a few in the core game but they're not that challenging and they're not that uh they're they're not that big a deal whereas some of the actual combat challenges come mostly from these optional side quests cuz other than like one or two side quests that are tied to powers you don't have to do any of the other ones. It's like, you know, yeah, you you get some skill points, but I don't really think you end up needing them at the end. I think you're more than powerful enough to to get through the to get through the end, like the 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 mandatory content. Uh, I, I don't think you you really need to do any others if you don't want to, but I, I did yeah. find them enjoyable, and they felt they felt fleshed out the side it wasn't just like fucking fetch quests i mean some of them are in a way it's like go and yes. clear like the ones for the 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 containment guy who i loved his character model and i liked the character too but the 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 disheveled dude with the fucking comb over um 
he's he, he's pretty grotesque yes. um but like it's kind of funny uh I, I enjoyed his character <laughs> but yeah he like has you go out and it's they're effectively fetch quests but it's like purging cleansing a bunch of objects of power um but they all the, those ended up still being fun because they 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 were they all ended up being like kind of cool mechanical challenges whether combat or puzzles or something like that so I, I enjoyed the the side quest. Like they did good good enough world building, um, helped you explore the different areas. Um, so the ones that tie to powers are obviously you know must dos, might as well be main quests, but they technically aren't. Um, but all in all, I enjoyed the quest structure because even the Metroidvania aspects of it, which is a method of game design I tend not to enjoy, um, very toned down. Well, most the levels it, are very small. Yeah, because most of it, yes. just most of the actual Metroidvania is just the the clearance level is to be able to unlock certain doors with the high enough clearance level. There are a few bits where it's like the only one that I can remember offhand is like, oh, I can't clear this gap because I don't have levitate yet, so I need to go get levitate and then come back here. That was like the levitate, one levitate, other... levitate, levitate. Well, it definitely is like toned down. It kind of put the nail in the coffin for me with Metroidvanias and that it's just really frustrating for my mind to have to like trot backwards, you know, uh, and then use a shitty map. The map really pissed me off. And and, and any Metroidvania. Metroidvania (laughs) It's the terrible map and I I need the fucking map. I need to be able to manipulate the map. This one didn't bother me is because, again, most of the things that are behind those doors are not important. I just couldn't, I couldn't read the map very well. I couldn't manipulate it, at least like in Fallen Order, to see the levels. And maybe you could do this and I'm just a, a... an idiot then i can't figure yeah, it out you can't manipulate no, it so in i don't think you can, order, you can see the different levels that you're going to you could you know manipulate it in 3d that was like kind of helpful and made that exploring a little bit easier but the fucking map in this i kept like moving while i had the map open because i'm mm-hmm. trying to move the map but you can't mm-hmm. fucking move the map mm-hmm. and it was just like creating a frustration um especially you know with the having the backtrack as well that it's not a metroid like, it's I, not a metroidvania but uh just to be topical don't play starfield because there are no fucking maps <laughs> yeah no, won't be doing that and the Sorry, maps that exist are map. apparently terrible Love i need a i need an elden ring big ass fucking map it doesn't even have elden that ring a lot of things good. on it elden ring, just, elden ring map is very good because it's like simple enough you yes. can go you can obviously go up and Zoom down in and out um it's also beautiful the art style is also gorgeous well and and that's a big thing too like you know as a resident super neurodivergent add idiot over here uh you know like oh you said virgin i thought you said virgin i was like no no, i'm pretty positive i know that's not true (laughs) neurodivergent uh yeah okay sorry he's he's a neurovirgin yeah (laughs) yeah Um, i thought he said nerd virgin his brain his brain has been unfucked <laughs> I wish. Oh, uh, that was a service I could buy. I'd I'd do it. Um, no, but just like nineteen you fifties know, asylums. Oh boy, let me tell you about this thing that we do with an ice pick. <laughs> Give me a little bottle. Tink, 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 tink. Um, but yeah, like uh. I need the map to be engaging in some way and not give me frustrations because that's just gonna, you know, uh, do me in for the rest of the game. Especially if I have 
you know, with something so simple to me as a map that should be done well, all the other things that I don't like about the Metroidvania style kind of, you know, uh, even if they are subdued in the game, uh, you know, objectively for me, it just gets like highlighted and I get frustrated. I would and say it, even it though did, there's fun it did powers. take me a while to to get to figure out the map. I, it, it, yeah. it did click eventually, yeah. but it took me a while. So it's interesting because I pretty much never opened the map. Yeah, the level design and layout itself kind of points you in the direction you're supposed to go most of the time. Sure, I'm just... They do have good signage. And I probably could have done it without the map, but the fact that I had the map there and I'm so used to, you know, trained to use the map, it was just frustrating. I'm I'm just saying more for my... how I was going through the game, because, like, this game, for me, shows, like, it's a peak split for me, where it's, like, everything that you guys, like, I love the Metroid styling. It's a little small, so it's a little easy to makes it easy to run back and forth. Uh, the 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 gunplay feels fun. Powers are great. Like I am all in on the gameplay side, but the vibes of this game just drag me down so hard. Oh yeah, no. It, this like, <laughs> as, as I said while I was playing it is that this game made me feel very bad while I was. Yeah, playing. the sound design for me, the sound design was incredible. Oh. I don't like I didn't necessarily like That's... mind I didn't find like the hiss particularly scary or anything like no. that. It was just going through the the different weird bits of the building was just very off-putting and I mean I think it is a success of like the their utilization of like the brutalist architecture um definitely is press, oppressive yes. in its in its feeling so i think in the, it's, the sound that they had really like gets your heart racing and like build some sort of anxiety not even just like the gunshots themselves which are very concussive and uh and loud it's just like the you know turning a corner you don't know you know it's it's built the sound is building you don't know what's going to pop out at you and then oh, like sudden, right at the very yeah. beginning of the game when you first hear the janitor but you don't see him yet right, right around the corner like that that's one of those things with what the way the game was portraying to me like if i wasn't being forced to play this game via the, the <laughs> podcast i would have gone into one of the offices saved and my character would have been safe in that office and would never have been hurt and i would have just left it right there <laughs> but as a testament to this game and your your selection andrew and your what your your goal of this selection was to move people outside of their comfort zone and make them play things that are uncomfortable. Uh, I will, even though I have not, I will be trying to finish this game. I do intend to try to beat it. Um, I think it's worth it. I do think it's worth it. One, I, I will never stop seeing the praises of, you know, recently of a good shorter game. This was like 17 hours for me. And that was doing every base game side quest. Um, it was it was enjoyable is a is a perhaps the wrong word engaging is the right one because again like i felt bad while i was playing it the vibes <laughs> cursed um yeah again the game gameplay ex- <laughs> exceptional i had those problems that we listed uh a lot about the about the story um that was the letdown for me at the end because it's like I wanted to. It's what drove yeah. me really to keep seeing it through. Um, the, but yeah, the the core loop is fun, but I think it's worth finishing. And, it's- and I think um, 
But if you had picked something yeah, like Resident Evil, definitely I don't worth think finishing. I, I, I agree. Do it the same way. <laughs> no, I I think that's fair. And um, this is this is a pretty quick game, so it is worth uh, wrapping up. I think you've also and, ruined my you know, ability something... to go to my office like late at night because I forgot <laughs> something there. <laughs> But I, I am glad to hear you guys express that because they did say, you know, our goal was that we didn't want to create, you know, terrifying moments like in a horror, in the classic horror games, but instead creating a sense of dread for the player throughout the experience. And I think the three of you have, uh, you know, what you've said means they nailed it. They absolutely because- did because that's really kind of what you've been it's describing such a testament too, because like, this is not like a horror game, right. You know, oh. like, and again, I don't find the hiss to be scary no. or anything like that, but it's just these, this, uh, High anxiety. Yeah. It's just, they, they really were, were successful. Unsettling yeah. imagery. Yeah. Like the, the, the body's floating kind of looking like they're hanging. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, it's, you know, it's a really yep. funny piece of and information I found while just doing it, the littlest bit of research. So like the oldest house, you know, being an example of brutalist architecture, apparently was inspired by the, the old AT&T long lines yes. building, which yes. if you look and at it, if you look at an image of it, it's just like, it's well, one, it's, it's the literal panopticon, right? You know, it's what well, it's, what it's being You're missing the of. real important yes. part about that building, which is that, uh, no windows. Like, so- is a well, concrete, yeah, so a no concrete villain with no, yeah, windows. no windows. That, way, that the, way the employees can't kill themselves. W- WikiLeaks had pointed out that it's like a heavy NSA surveillance uh, location. Yes. Yeah, I bet. And that's what I'm saying. It it's, it's the to survive bombing. It's the literal panopticon. <clears throat> but it's, it's really good. Yeah. No, it's perfect. And they they did. They also, you know, the the development team said that they chose those the brutalist structure in, in this corporate setting because there's this, they say and describe, and I think they nailed this as well, is an invisible assailing presence of bureaucracy in a corporate office setting that in its in and of itself is unsettling. Right. And and it's they nailed it. I I mean they I think they really did accomplish a lot of their goals um at a pretty high level with this game. And, you know, for me, I, I, I really enjoyed both the gameplay and um, while the, the, so the end wasn't, you know, necessarily narratively fulfilling, it, it kept me engaged in wanting to learn the answers to the questions that it poses um, about its universe. One kind of like final thought for so, me and like kind of it's a bit of a. I understand it's it's a bit of a stretch and it's a bit of what I what I as the individual bring to the examination of the game. I don't necessarily know that this is something that they're directly trying to, you know, get across in their messaging, but it's so it's the idea of these objects of power and how how they explain what they are, how they come to exist and the effects that they have. Um and it's like it's this interesting idea of that they are these mundane objects that are in, become imbued with this kind of reality bending potential through this like coalescing of 
collective human consciousness and collective human will and like the 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 best example was like the idea of like the, was the floppy disk um that was probably my favorite one because i heard them ex- explain yes, that yes. one is like how up until just a few years ago like united states missile defense uh like we're all run off of floppy disks run yeah so it's like this idea They're running that, like windows xp so it's like the idea that the the floppy Not disk even. itself then kind of coalesces into this weapon it it is the weapon is this floppy disk and it's like reality is both shaped by and shapes these objects and how that kind of relationship is interplayed by what we as a collective a collective consciousness bring to it i think is a pretty interesting idea and it's one that has stuck with me throughout and it's again so this is something that i it's it's I like this game and what that idea presents for what it makes me think, not necessarily what the game itself is saying, but what it makes me think. And so like, I found myself returning to this idea um, kind of over and over again and how the game doesn't present it as this kind of, as the, it's kind of liberatory potential. It's more on the opposite side that it is the kind of dual kind of uh, the dual side of that being, it, it can like imprison us into this kind of, reality of like primordial structure and oppression but it has this flip side when you think about it that that can be incredibly liberatory that that we can shape our reality at its basis level not through our individual will but through our collective conjoined will that that we can create a new reality if we can imagine it and I think that is something that is pretty cool and a pretty uh, pretty based idea, as the kids say. And it's it's something that has definitely stuck with me. But like, <laughs> obviously, they they have taken the the flip side of it because it's it, it 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 can this idea contains both possibilities. It is it it can liberate us and it can imprison us. It can keep us in these kind of oppressive structures that are are uh kind of brought to life by the brutalism that we were just kind of talking about here and these kind of the old-fashioned kind of tech that you see involved like it keeps us anchored in the past right because it's our consciousness is built upon our past experience so we are kind of trapped to only envision the world by what we already know but we must be bold enough to envision something new and that can there then kind of work backwards and change reality at its core. So I think that's a cool idea, and it's something that I that I um, I'm happy that I played this game just for that alone. Ben, I think that you you put my thoughts into better words than I could have with with what you just said. I I, I completely agree, and it's. You know, we were talking about some of the issues with that. how they put it. <laughs> uh, but I think we, we talked about how the DLC had some additional, you know, plot development. And I think Jesse realizing that the board isn't a, you know, positive stru- like force in, in taking the Bureau in her own direction. Uh, almost does speak to that other positive side of, of the storyline. And I think it is upsetting that that isn't as apparent in the base game because they definitely more focus on 
the imprisonment and, and oppression side of things um with the base because even at like at the climax of the base game it's like she's just been like yeah she's accepting her role but it's like she's just becoming part of the bureaucracy right she's 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 made exactly she's, she's maintaining just joining. the status quo yeah the she's only joining way to destroy rather the bureaucracy is to become the bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah jesse faden is 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 lip coded yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, she does have. She does have. She is. She is uh, radicalized in the DLC. She's definitely up there in my, uh, the my video game redhead lists. What is that oh, with yeah. video games Fantastic. and redheads? Yeah, I don't know. They're 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 pushing an agenda. Yeah, I, I never thought of it until you just said that, <laughs> Matt. But literally, like, if you're gonna have a female character, she's got fucking red hair. Not just and females too. There's a got, problem with you got this Cal Kestis because... too. Cal yeah. Kestis is is also your redhead. Mm-hmm. I don't have a huge problem with it. Like I I enjoy me a redhead. It's you know, just interesting. The, the ginger agenda must yeah. must be stopped. Is, must uh, be, you know yeah, infiltrating we must, we must our society. But yeah, no, I think I think that's. They are soulless, and they are trying to make well, us like. Maybe them. that's why, why they're so worried about them. Their, them rising up. They're afraid of the sunlight. Like so you, you just you go out during the daytime, and then you don't you don't <laughs> get the uncanniness of seeing a, a redhead with no life behind their eyes in a in a character model because it's like, oh yeah, that's what I see every day when I pass when I when I pass a redhead on the street. They're just an NPC. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't have to use Kojima's soul sucking machine because they don't have a soul, mm-hmm. so they're already a husk. Of they're immune, yeah. They're, no they're, they're, they're immune, yeah. That's why, yeah, Kojima does not have redheaded protagonists. They're, they're a gestalt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tie it back to another good uh, post episode. I do think I am. I, I I will uh be on the lookout for the sequel though. It'll make me feel bad when I play it some more, but I'm hopeful. It's I like, think so I need to play this game at different times because playing this game at night on a like a week, like after being in the office for eight hours, like going into a creepy <laughs> office after leaving my office, maybe not the best thing for my mental health. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think they would they're gonna make no, the sequel I, about? Because they you know they keep talking about how oh the hiss are I hope not that they do a completely not different contained. genre and then they do like a a, a stealth platformer where where you play as a uh, <laughs> uh, a veterinarian. I just I just hope that they do a different like enemy and different. I just hope it's not the hiss again. I hope that they do something. Be the same building. Uh, yeah, well, I hope I don't it's know. a different enemy, and she calls them the hiss anyway. Well, see, I, I see. I hope that they don't mm-hmm. that they aren't stuck in the in the the oldest house. I hope that I hope that it's like yeah. you've got to go out to deal Art with there. an alt an alter. Yeah, what if you that. have to play Alan Wake two to understand the tie in? Yeah, 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 yeah. Too. Oh God, uh, we're I, praising I, them for their project. You're putting bad thoughts. I don't think I want. I don't think it's I want to there. do that. Yeah, we've but, been praising them Alan for Wake their, their lack of crunch. But they're just, uh, you know, screwing the consumer, making you purchase <laughs> all of their products. Yeah, we've had enough of 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 uh, you know combined universes. I'm fine with things existing on their own. Same. Um, but no, my, my hope... I need I need Ratchet and Clank and Insomniac <laughs> Spider Man to be in the same shared universe. Yeah. Because of interdimensional rift <laughs> technology. 
I do. I so my hope though for a sequel is that they do something like that, where it's like they she's got to go out to deal with an altered world event. That would be that would be my hope. Yeah, I, I, that's what I would like. Some some sort of time jump. You know, we get to see the bureau under Jesse's true control and in handling some sort of. What if AWB. in Control Two you're playing as a new be... character, and then the final boss is Jesse, who's become corrupt with power running is jesse oh that could happen that could that could yeah. definitely happen i wouldn't hate you that play either. Dylan. i mean that's a, yeah that's another thread that's you know yeah and that's left <laughs> yeah. un, unanswered is what you what play as trench un, yeah unresolved and that was a part of the plot that was a so part of the plot action? for me as well it's like you don't get his motivation fully other than it's like he's mistreated by the by the board or not by the board by the bureau um dylan or trench dylan and it's like he like dylan he like kind of willingly opens himself up to the hiss and it's like it's made kind of it's made kind of explicit that he has more agency involved and so like that he's just trying to get revenge in some way that like i don't know it didn't feel fully fleshed out in my opinion but it's that's one of my lesser complaints but uh yeah so it's basically the 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 payout of the narrative is what dings this 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 my score for this on this you know on this game otherwise i was very very happy with with everything i I came across even the bad vibes yeah like as matt said bad vibes and good vibes i appreciate i do appreciate you andrew for getting us to play something out of our comfort zone. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys all uh, enjoyed this to the extent that you could. It's definitely not your preferred genres, but I really enjoyed it and I'm, I'm happy to chat yeah, about there, it. There, with were you no, there was so no group of children. I appreciate you indulging me. They weren't defeating God with the power of friendship. <laughs> but yeah, Matt, not interested. There, there was no giant swords. Buster blades for Matt to play with. <laughs> I mean, giant swords are just a, a, a general plus. Like, if I'm, if I'm looking at your your art and I see a man <laughs> wielding a slab of iron, I'm immediately there. <laughs> Sold. All right. Well, I think that concludes all of my notes on control. Any uh, any other final thoughts? I gave my final let the hits take me. I gave my final thesis on the game, so yeah. I'm I'm content. All right. Sounds peachy. So check out Control Two. Whenever that comes out, yeah. Uh, I I do not think I will I will be when that comes out. Was that Control Two T O O? Like you, the listener, check out Control as well. <laughs> as well. Double on Tom. Yeah, no, I'm not. I. I'm not particularly interested in the Alan Wake series either, um, but he's, an, he's a writer. I've heard, he's I didn't Wake. even know he was a writer until today. I've heard that the first one is like really <laughs> just kind of like a walking simulator. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like most Microsoft exclusives. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the hater hats are, fu- are fully, Perfect. Uh, you know, fully on today. Yeah, that's that's a perfect way to end it. Hate some hate for Microsoft. All right, folks. Well, thank you, Andrew, for leading us through this. Appreciate it as always. 
Um, we've got a couple couple games in the works for the next couple months, and then we'll have our. I will get to have my revenge on all of you for making me play your games. <laughs> um, Say, so I think it's probably going to be the biggest challenge for Mike. You have you're gonna you're gonna have to sit through so many cutscenes. <laughs> what game? Play. Uh, we're gonna play. We're gonna play Yakuza <laughs> Zero for for. Uh, for the month okay. of December, I I feel like I could sit through yeah. those cutscenes because it'll be. Uh, but you also get, have to, you know, the rest. You also have games. to read. You also have to read because it's in Japanese. It's all subtitles. <laughs> the game is in Japanese. Maybe. I may not be understanding the story. <laughs> just the but that, see, but that's the point. That's that. See, that's the thing. Is this is the gameplay is fine. The mini games are very fun. All that kind of stuff, but. I it's can't wait the, for these episodes why I'm, why I'm slowly boiling a uh, cold war between us where each one of us steps it up. <laughs> yeah. It'll end with me making you guys play Kingdom Hearts. Oof. But, oh, so, yeah, that's, that. that's, why I, but that's why I want you guys to play Yakuza 0 is for the story. Um, all right. But that'll you'll have to wait several months for that. I think the next up yeah, is yeah, going to be... Guess what? Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter the movie coming coming at you, coming at you <laughs> next week. Hell yeah. Matt and I were like kind of talking about that yesterday yeah. while we were building the enclosure for my heat pump outside. It's just like the the plot I'll pump you the, some the, heat. The plot ooh, thank you. The plot premise for that one is like it just bothers me a lot. They're doing unnecessary timey wimey <laughs> bullshit and it's like it's it's fantastic. But, however, TI is in it, so I'm, I'm Mila Jokovic. Mila Jokovic. Oh my Djokovic. god! I did not know Ti. Yeah, he's like one of her like sergeants. But yeah, Mila Jokovic can't. Jovovic can't go wrong. All right, but that'll you'll have to wait and tune never. in for that next time. In the meantime, if you though, don't, then you'll never hear it because it's a limited time offer. Once and that's it. It's gone. But in the meantime, you can support <laughs> us by following and subscribing to us on Twitch at Twitch.tv/CampaignComrades. Uh, check out the YouTube channel. Some stuff may come out in the future. I really, for me to make another video, I've really got to have a game that's like really speaks to me to come out there because the effort is just like, eh, I don't know. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what's what's coming out there in the future. But again, <laughs> once again, thank you, Andrew. We will uh, we will see you all in the next one. Bye. -bye.